Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1 833 eBay 723. That's 1 833 322 9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson, your hosts on the Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for another episode. Uh, We are both full-time eBay sellers. Sherry is based in Colorado. Uh, Sells a lot of stuff on consignment for a bunch of folks out there. Uh, We found out quite a lot about her on our recent escapade to the uh, Boss Reseller Remix in Las Vegas, most of which I'm not in a position to share with you, apart from the fact that she plays a very mean game of blackjack and provides quite a lot of entertainment for the folks around the table uh, with the help of half a cocktail. All it takes is half a drink for me. (laughs) And Philip is in Florida, as you may have surmised by his accent, and he buys low and sells high selling high-end audio equipment to businesses. But he has another hidden talent that was revealed in Las Vegas. Uh The one that I can share with you is his amazing skill for discovering $8.99 dinners with, what is it called? It's not pot roast. Uh, The prime prime rib. Prime rib. Old person's early bird specials. (laughs) <laughs> and we got it. Yes, nailed it. All right, so it's the Selling on eBay radio show. That's us. You can join in too if you like. The phone number's 833-EBAY-723. We can take uh, texts or voicemails, whichever you prefer. And uh, coming up in today's show, we have... We review eBay Live, which was dealing with handbags, which is not something that they're doing as a regular thing, so we're uh, going to talk so about a that. Super secret test by eBay. We'll give you the skinny on that. Also, we have uh, an abundance of questions via the uh, listener line. Three questions this week, which makes it sound like the line's been blowing up, but actually, it's one person with three parts to a question. <laughs> but I thought I made it sound better than perhaps it was otherwise. And some eBay site changes, including your packing slip, the seller feedback page. And also, we'll talk about the migration to the new listing tool. So lots of stuff going on there. Also, eBay launches a new podcast, like you haven't got enough eBay podcasts to go around. There's another one to add to your collection. Uh, We'll find out all about that. Okay, we'll kick off with some uh, eBay news. Yes, so now there's a forced migration to the new listing tool. No more try our new listing tool. You're just going to be using it. It's now underway, so... You know, like it or not, here it is. Which includes me. I've been uh, forcibly migrated. And um, so I've actually had some uh, some time on it now as opposed to just tinkering with it. And it's it's just annoying. Um, I don't like having to edit in a little tiny window that's about half the width of my screen. HTML editing is much worse than it used to be. Um, I like the old system of seeing all the options for item specifics and pick the one rather than just the one that's currently selected. So I don't know. It's not um, positive in my regard, but I guess everybody's different how they use these things. And uh, anyway, it's not as though we have much of a choice anyway. Yeah, no choice anymore. But if you haven't heard, I love it because I can just easily import the pictures from mobile and that makes my workers more productive. So I really like it. 
Good. Saving me money. Okay. And uh, did your swag from eBay Open arrive okay? It did. I got my tumblers, yeah. two tumblers with straw. And I this is 50 American dollars worth at eBay prices? That's right. Did, did anyone get anything my... other than $50, do you think? Let us know. I, I think maybe they just said 50 to everybody rather than make it more complicated, but you never know. Yeah, if you got more than 50, I want to know, and yeah. I want to know what and you how? did. And how? How did you get That's that? That's right. What did we do wrong? Inquiring minds want to know. Indeed. And um, I've got uh, oh, one or two bits and bobs, but it was, um, yeah, wasn't much choice at the end of the day. <laughs> I was hoping that if I left my order to the last possible moment, they might restock with some uh, some good some good trinkets. But uh, sadly, it was just the same old stuff at the end as there was at the beginning. But there we are. Can't what did you get? Oh, uh, well, a little thermal cup thingy, Bob, that big bag and a T-shirt because that's how you made up the number to to the round 50, yeah. I think. So there we go. Yeah, I wanted the T-shirt. I already have one that same style so of with eBay on it, mm -hmm. but I love the eBay huge bag because I put my shipping in them. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, can't complain. eBay swag arrived, very good. Also, um, now you use packing slips when you send out your eBay items, right? No, I actually you don't. don't. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that the packing slip, I don't even know how I stumbled upon it, is much more elaborate and looks really nice now. Mm. It looks very professional. I don't do it because I don't I don't like it when I get extra paper with things. And so I just assume that nobody wants that and then saves me from having to print it. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't use uh, packing slips for eBay stuff. eBay's pretty chatty in terms of the amount of stuff it sends out regarding your order. Um, it also, my system, when I print the labels, it puts that in the sort of comments field of the label. It's fairly clear to see, so it has an item number and then the beginning of the title. I don't know what the value out of a packing slip would be. I know when I get it, the first thing I do is toss that in the bin. Um, so That's it seems, right. a, seems a waste of paper and time for everybody. So, Although I do, with my web store, without getting too far off topic, some reason I do it for that. I think, well, for a start, I've designed it, so I think it looks better. Um, but I think it's sort of, I'm trying to look a bit more professional, to be honest. So yeah. uh, I, I do that, but there we are. So you, And that's a, is that a, a permanent change? you think they're testing it? Do we have, uh, is, it, uh, is it finished now? That's, everyone's going to be using the new format? I feel like it's not a test. I feel like that's where they're going. But I just stumbled upon it and don't have any actual information. Okay, well, that's uh, no that. change to the show there then, obviously. <laughs> and uh, pressing ahead with uh, eBay news, also in the subject of things changing, there was a discussion on the eBay community discussion boards where someone posted a screenshot of obviously a test they're running of... Uh, a revision to the seller feedback summary page. So when you click on someone's feedback, you want to see whether they're positives, negatives. And it was just a, a lot simpler and I thought easier to follow. So I thought that was actually quite a good change because the old one has not been changed in a long while and there's just a lot of data. And I think someone who's trying to understand a bit about the seller probably finds that a bit confusing. So I thought that was a positive change. I've not seen it in the wild. I've only seen that one screenshot. So obviously it's obviously on a small scale test. And the bit that the question I had that wasn't answered uh, by the sample shot in the article was how clearly do they signal whether the seller's a top rated seller? Because as, as being a top rated seller, I'm interested in that because 
Yeah. You know, that's 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 key, really. Why would I jump through all the hoops if they're not going to promote it for me? So uh, that was interesting. Uh, but I thought it was a step in the right direction because uh, it, it, it's a bit outdated, the current one. Yeah. Does it show where the seller's located? I think it did. It's, it had. I think it still had that how many things you'd sold counter they introduced a while back. Um, I can't remember. It was a while since I looked at it. It was. It was. It did take away some of the clutter. I thought that was good. Okay, because one thing I want as a buyer, I want to know where they're located, so I know if it really is coming from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Especially because I want to know if I'm going to get it in three days or three weeks. Mm-hmm. You mean you don't trust eBay's uh, delivery no. estimates? I, well, sometimes it says shipping from U.S. and I get it, and it's not from the U.S. I'm, I, mm-hmm. so but no, sometimes I, they I like say that, it. but they then pop it on a plane straight away, and it goes to New Jersey usually, and then it heads out from there. And it does turn up within the the stated time, and I forgive them for that. Oh. You know, if he, if I get it in time, then I don't care yeah. where it comes from. And other I, than I can, I want to make sure I can return it to the a U.S. address. That's the other reason. Had, had a robust conversation with someone from eBay. Uh, at the reseller remix regarding all these messages they send out about your items on the way it's running early we have new information new date and I guess my point was I, I felt that I know what they're trying to do they think that buyers are very anxious to know when their stuff's going to arrive and their concern is that people think it's going to take longer than it actually takes and they're trying to sort of educate the buyer that stuff does move a bit faster than perhaps in the old days. Mm-hmm. But I just think that I don't really want you sending this stuff out under my name on my behalf. It's just too much. And, you know, yes, it's just been scanned in the first post office, but I don't feel comfortable enough about promising an early delivery based upon the first scan in the system because a lot of things can fall over downstream of that. And I always yeah. like to under-promise and over-deliver, and I don't like getting ahead of myself and them sending out messages on my behalf saying, yes, your item's going to arrive early when there's a whole load of things that, that can go wonky between now and then. I'd rather just take the credit afterwards, thank you very much. But they were they were robust in their response saying, oh, but they have all the figures and they've measured this inside out, forwards and backwards, and they are totally confident that they don't over, over-promise anything. So... No, Who am I to argue? Basing it on the statistics. One of the good offline conversations that came out of the uh, the reseller remix. One of the plus points of going to these live events is that you can kind of take an eBay person aside and say, you know, this, 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 this. Why do you do that? And they may even tell you about it. And that's quite, you know, that's worth a lot. That was worth uh, so much to me. And mm-hmm. the person whose ear I talked off yeah. <laughs> worked in the order fulfillment department, so I had a field day telling her what information I want to see on a waiting shipment. It's quite satisfying, actually, to be able to talk to the person in that department. But one other thing, I, I know we're not talking about the remix necessarily no, like right good. now, but the uh, I would say um, another main thing I got out of it was hanging out and getting to know you in person and Michelle, mm-hmm. who was on the show last episode. Another member um, of the Orlando eBay Massive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you guys are Well, there seem to be two, uh, two sort of uh, crowds. There's a bunch of people in Colorado we seem to deal with, and now a, a slightly enlarged number of people in the Orlando area. So uh, we're sort of uh, building up our respective home bases of um, contacts and uh, collaborators. 
Yes, that's right. And Michelle and I are going, because at the remix, they said, choose an accountability partner. And Michelle and I are going to be each other's accountability partner. And that's something I need is having someone I answer to um, for my goals so that I can continue to focus on my goals and not get swept away by all the work. See, I like just to drift around, do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, I got to the point. Got the point in life that I just don't care anymore. I just, if I if I get stuff listed, it's good. If I don't, well, whatever. You know, it doesn't really matter anymore. I just give it up. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you have had discovered anything new that's going on with eBay, maybe a test or a um, an experiment they're running, do send us a screenshot. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch via our website. That's sell 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 dot online sell 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 dot online send us uh, your uh, your inside info on what's going on we'll keep it anonymous if for some reason you think that's going to blow your cover uh, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll explain uh, talk about it uh, on the show that'd be great if you could do that okay well uh, lucky we didn't need any more eBay podcasts uh, Sherry we've uh, another one to choose from as of uh, this week that's right eBay launches their new seller spotlight podcast and Philip you were gonna give us some feedback about episode one. I took, with- I took episode one, you took episode two. Uh, yep. I was listening to a gentleman called Chase Clifford. He sells video games. And it's sort of like the first part of what Griff tends to do when he has a seller on the pod, the regular podcast. It's kind of, how did you start? What you got into this? You know, what have you learned from it? It's quite interesting. I wouldn't say it was sort of quite sort of appointment listening quite the same as the regular podcast because there isn't that sort of updated news and stuff. I thought it was pretty good in terms of how they positioned it. It is obviously designed, in my mind, to be a complement to the the regular eBay podcast, and that yeah. fits very well. Um, it's presented by, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, probably Georgia Empanis, Empanis or something like that. Yeah, and I think it's pronounced Georgia, but I met her at eBay when they flew me into eBay headquarters. Buddy of yours. I met her. She's from Canada. Oh, Could okay. Very good. That's a Greek name, though, isn't it? Oh, you know what? You're smart. You're right. She lives in Canada, but you're right about that. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure. She doesn't sure. sound Greek on the on the podcast. She sounds more Canadian. Canadian. Canadian stroke yeah. American, I'd say. Because I think I heard an about. Yes. And um, so she's sort of uh, acting as this kind of a sidekick to, to Griff's operation, doing these sort of profile things. I'm not quite sure how the targeting of the profile... I mean, they've obviously been targeting people that have been coming through the campus, so you'll see some uh, names that have been familiar recently because they were in the building, I guess. I thought she was very good. I don't know whether she's done a lot of uh, broadcast or podcast work, in, podcast work in the background, but it, she seemed very fluent, very relaxed, chatty, relatable. I thought good. Yeah, I, I think she's great, and she is in charge of social media. That's her uh, title. We, well, I didn't give you an exact title, but that that's her department. Mm-hmm. That's what she does. I thought she sounded great, too. I thought she did a great job. So, yeah, I thought very good. I don't know whether because she's social media, whether they're going to try and haul in some of the uh, the social media, the YouTubers and people like that, that I guess she spends a lot of time working with. I don't know. We'll see. They did put out on the regular podcast, I think, a call for volunteers to uh, to uh, put themselves forward to be on the show. That should be one of our little projects where you yeah, and I have so a race should... to see whether who can who can who can crack that one first. That's right. Yeah, I have a, I have I'd a like very, to see very bad track record 
of uh, being accepted for this particular kind of thing. Usually I submit something every few, every few months and they say, oh, yeah, right, we'll have, we'll have you on. Yeah, well, you very, say that, but you did quiet. get to, you did do a seller presentation at the previous. There you go. That's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's get rid of that. All right then. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, eBay podcast. It's interesting. I listen to it from a sort of technical point of view. It's very substantially edited, which is why it sounds quite slick. I think. Oh. And. I I thought the style of the editing was very Griff-like, so I don't know whether she's like been coached by him or whether she's doing the raw record and he's doing the editing, which wouldn't surprise me because it did sound very much like his style of editing stuff. And then the, the end, in the, the closing credits, they say it's executive produced by Jim Griffith. Like yeah. They don't want to say Griff. I don't know, whatever. But anyway, so that's, you know, it looks like it's all very much part of the same stable. But I thought it was quite good. I would definitely tune in and try and catch up on that every now and again. Um, you know, and I think the thing with sellers is that it, the content is less important than finding your tribe to some extent. And I think just hearing what anyone else is doing and how they got there and their story and stuff, we, we can't get, we just can't get enough of that stuff. Yeah. So I think they're trying to appeal to that. So, um, uh, that's good. Recommended. Gets our seal of approval. Uh, also in the eBay, uh, news this week, uh, we got a little bit more information about the new eBay international shipping arrangements, which is, I think, just called eBay international shipping, as opposed to other convolutions or arrangements of the initials E-I-N-S. All these things are the same, but have slightly different or word orders. And this is the sort of the harmonized, homogenized, smooth over version of eBay Send International, is it? Or International Send, International... I don't know. eBay Standard uh, eBay Standard, that's right. And the Global Shipping Program. It's um, Apparently, some sellers have been offered it already. Um, they did uh, finally respond to my question, because I spent hours trying to go through the site, trying to figure this thing out. What's all this, Where's all the small print? And buried, buried deep somewhere in the site, it says, oh, by the way, this is only good for items up to $150, at which point my heart sank. and goes, well, that's not very helpful. My average yeah. selling price is 400 so I've just wasted a bunch of time looking up something that isn't going to work. Um, and we were on some other call with someone from eBay, and they did take that question, which is nice of them, and they said, yeah, that's kind of a, a, a sort of trial, early day limitation that we are just getting things tooled up, and we don't want to swamp ourselves with big value refunds and exchanges and stuff till we really get our head around this. So in fairness, that's a temporary limitation. They kind of implied, I think, that it was be, it would be sort of more general availability without that restriction into early next year. Did you get that hint from them? Yeah, that that's exactly the idea that I got from them. They'll revisit it then. But aren't they rolling this out to everybody November 5th or the, um, the one with the $150 cap? I guess no. that because the cap is still in place, they're going to be char they're going to be targeting people that don't sell much above 150. I would have thought that would be the logical thing. They're th I think if you're I think if you're in GSP, you've opted into that, and let's say your selling prices are comfortably under 150 dollars, you're probably in phase one. Uh, yeah. And then later phases will prioritize GSP participants, and my guess is they'll move up the the value curve over time and i think that if you're not in gsp you may have to opt in yeah and i think you have to add it to your listings or probably something. got to change oh, some I policies somewhere mm -hmm. yeah i think i misunderstood i thought that 
if you weren't in GSP, then you needed to just add it to your listing, maybe in bulk, edit your listings in mm -hmm. bulk. But by I like what you're saying better, just that you opt in. <laughs> don't, don't put me in charge of it. I have no idea what they're doing. Anyway, <laughs> what we'll do is we'll, I, I, will, I, I, I like it. I like it. I, the 150 thing limits me a bit, but as soon as I can have a crack at it, I will, I will opt in for anything that's eligible, and I'll let you know how, we, how I did that and how I get on with it. But the whole business about they take care of all the international returns and disputes and stuff is is nice. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's probably it on, the, nice. on the site. But the idea is that it, by they want to try and encourage people that are just limiting themselves to domestic sales to go international. And I guess the two hurdles are the paperwork and then what do you do if someone has a not as described or wants to return something? Those are the pain points. So they're trying to take all that away and say, well, the paperwork's fairly easy. We can do all that. We know enough about the item. We know all the rules. We can complete that. But to handle a potential return situation, what they're going to do is actually have the item returned to eBay. You keep all the money, and then they dispose of the item for the best possible price they can get for it, and they refund the buyer. So eBay I mean, takes the loss. Who doesn't like that? That's the best. The only thing that does make me slightly nervous on this is if it happened in any great volume, does this now mean that I'm competing against myself effectively with my own returns? So, you know, someone, three people in abroad decide they want to return my Acme Model 2000 widget. That goes into eBay's warehouse. Someone buys it at a, off a pallet at an auction or something and then is now selling that on eBay against me, presumably at a lower price because they bought it as a clearance, as a liquidation item rather than my price. And am I suddenly now competing against my own return merchandise? Um, which is kind of convoluted, but you could see it happening. Yeah. And the answer I, is I they did not deny mean. that was a possibility. Yeah. I went back and forth a few times on the sort of Q&A on this um, uh, briefing thing, and um, the people that will be buying up the returned items are approved buyers, liquidation buyers uh, that eBay uses, and there is no restriction on their ability to relist it on eBay if that's what they choose to do. They did say for some reason that they did not want the liquidator to be selling it internationally. So take mm. a make of that what you will. That's deep. But, but that's, that's what they're thinking. So that is the only possible downside. But you're starting to think, well, that's a small percentage of a small percentage. I've got plenty of other things to worry about than sweat that one. But it is just something I think I want to kind of um, bear in mind because I don't mind betting that if they if they do sell it back on eBay, you know whose picture and description they're going to be using. And that will be that will confuse the buyer. So, you know, that's my real concern: is they're going to take my picture, and my my description, oh. and start re using that for return merchandise, which totally buggers up my whole branding approach. But there we are. Yeah, that, that you're the only one. That's that that's the that. downside. But anyway, we'll see how it works. We can test it out. Um, we'll report back. Let you know if it's something we. I, I still would recommend it based upon what I know so far. Yeah, I'm eager for it being that I have an item that an international buyer had to buy her own label to return mm -hmm. um, and even though she said I sent her the wrong pants which is possible I'm waiting to get them back mm. she said that I should have them back I don't I asked her to check the tracking I don't have it she had to do this off-site 
Uh, and then I'm going to have to find a way to refund her for the shipping, maybe through PayPal. So I'm looking forward to this mm -hmm. eBay handling mm -hmm. this part. That would be nice. Now, when do I give my feedback about the <laughs> about the um, seller spotlight? Or did I already do it? I said I liked Georgia so much. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I moved on. I try and keep this thing rolling. Otherwise, we end up doing a two-hour program. And I, and I cut you <laughs> off. I'm sorry. You're quite right. Go no, ahead. Sorry. Episode okay. two of the, uh, the podcast. I just, I just want you to know, you know, so you don't fire me. That I have more to say. Than well, that always worries me when George we do the edit. Say. I think, well, hang on a second. I did all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, so on episode two, the guest was Ken, who is known as Hustleby on Instagram and Simply B, I believe it is, on eBay. And you're right that I, it was very smooth. So I, I didn't even think of the fact that that has something to do with editing but I liked Ken's story so it is something about getting to know another seller and getting inspired but I also I do find it interesting because this is such a different area than I'm selling and I mean I'm selling fashion and uh, clothing and but I, I'm I'm not selling sneakers you know and he's doing sneakers so so far they seem to be pretty hot items right now mm -hmm. that these sellers are that they're spotlighting as in the video games with yours and and sneakers with hustleby ken with the hustleby but i i found it interesting I, I don't feel like it's somewhere to go where you would be learning how to do something mm. but just being inspired maybe mm -hmm. to utilize social media and and maybe focus or think about this new hot category which i can't even deal with i have so much in my own thing that i need to get listed i can't even consider it but i thought it was enjoyable listening yes it was very uh it was just good stuff to have on while you're working i thought yeah okay thank there you, you for go. that sorry for uh, delay in that one oh, no all problem. right and we have a new gm uh, for eBay in the USA, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we've seen him. Where did uh, we see him? He popped Probably up on one of the uh, the seller briefing calls. He's also, I, I'm assuming, still going to be in post uh, come November the 16th when they do the next uh, seller update call. So if you haven't met this gentleman, that would be a good opportunity to, uh, to see who he is. Yeah. And this is Adam Ireland, confusingly uh, from England. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I think he might be very good. I don't know. We haven't seen much of him. Uh, but I think what I've seen is I think he seems pretty sound. Yeah. He's a very impressive resume. I mean, some of the people they hire from England, if you don't mind me saying, I think are a bunch of London wide boys. Uh, this gentleman seems to be very switched on. Uh, Oxford degree, Oxford being the uh, second best university in England. Uh, PPE, which is not a slacker's subject, and McKinsey, I think, uh, consultancy for a couple of years. Um, and that's a pretty much, oh, then Harvard Business School. So he's pretty much got the trifecta in terms of the business background. And then um, uh, did some work uh, for eBay in Europe. So I guess he's probably fluent in German at this point. If he's based in Zurich. He's probably half reasonable on Italian and French as well. 
Um, so uh, I think a pretty interesting uh, gentleman. So he'd be very good to go out with a drink with if ever we get the chance to socialize with any of these people, find out yeah. what he thinks about life. But uh, so I think he's uh, interesting hire. Um, and we don't know. Sometimes they, they bring on these people and they seem fantastic and they seem super duper about let's get to know sellers. They do a couple of seller calls and they go, oh, goodness, this is so these people don't get it on they, they then they disappear on you so hopefully he'll he'll stick around he he strikes me as uh who was the fella Hal Hal he's a bit Hal like in some respects he's sort of i think he gets it Hal mm. Lawton i think it was the uh, the chap's name he was i think the best senior person they've had at least in the since i've been tracking things uh, he was very good so anyway i, I feel positive so that's Adam Island. Look out for him on the next eBay uh, seller briefing call. We'll have details of that a little bit uh, later on. And uh, lastly on the news, I, we don't normally get into like bugs and glitches because well, A, it would fill the whole show and B, by the time we ever get this thing out, <laughs> out there, they'll probably they'll have moved on. There'll be another bunch that we won't get around to reporting on. But I did notice that this uh, one continual one that's been out there is every time I get an email, and, and maybe you're the same, that says your item has sold, it tells you the date by which you have to ship it, and it's been 24 hours out since they've started doing it, and I don't know why they haven't fixed that. So if it's if it sells, you've got to sell it by – send it out by Tuesday, by Wednesday. It actually means Tuesday. So there you go. Oh, Bear that in mind. It's different. The, the seller hub sold items is correct. The email is wrong, assuming you're getting the same stuff that I am. So Interesting. Well, if we're talking about bugs, I just want to real quick mention okay. – that order searching orders mm -hmm. has been giving the message it's not you it's us <laughs> all week so i've had to have lots of different ways because i actually have to get to my orders sometimes to communicate with a buyer um but i did it through my email mm -hmm. you know the email notification that ebay sent i like anyway, email i know i'm i know i'm old-fashioned but i like email I wish they could just make it work. It's a good thing I have that way, or I wouldn't. I, I would have been stuck. All right, very good. That's the eBay news for this week. Uh, again, we'll talk a bit more about um, uh, what's coming up later in terms of the eBay uh, seller call. Also, more on the uh, eBay cyber stalking stuff, uh, and a, a caller question or two coming up after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online. That's www.sellsellsell.online. Thank you for being part of the show. Also, uh, you can uh, call us, uh, the phone number eBay, no, we're talking about 1-833-EBAY-723, that's our number. And uh, you can leave us voicemail or uh, send us a text message. Now, Shari, we've got a friend of yours, I think, phoned in. That's right. Actually, he was at my seller session at eBay Open, and uh, that's how uh, we were connected. And he had a few questions. I said, why don't you call into the show? 
with your questions. So, brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Yeah. All right. Well, let's play his message. In case it's a little hard to follow, I think the audio is not brilliant over the phone, but we'll 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 summarise the three questions that he asks at the end. So don't worry too much if it's uh, difficult to track throughout. Here we go. Hi, guys. This is John Trulow with the Tackle Collection. In Colorado, we have an eBay store, and I live just down the road from Sherry, and I had an opportunity to meet with her shortly after the eBay opened. fan club's in. And I have some questions that she thought would be a good idea to call into your show to discuss. One is, do you use promotions? Do you find that they increase sales? And how do you decide which item to promote? The second question I have is, do you take returns? Why? And who pays? The third question I have is, do you ship to customers with zero feedback? If so, do you check the address in Google? And do you require a signature on delivery of the item to be sure that the customer is, in fact, not a scam? So those are my questions. I look forward to hearing your answers on a new show. Thank you, and be good. All Goodbye. right, so we got, uh, we got three questions there. First one, do you use promotions? Do you find they increase sales? And how do you decide which items to promote? You want to go first? Sure, because mine's short and oh, sweet okay. Very good. and exorbitant. Yes, I use them. 80% of my items sell through promoted listings. Wow. Therefore, I'm not going to stop anytime soon. I did in a very short a spurt and immediately changed back because my sales slowed down. And I let eBay set the rate based on the average each day. I do it for almost all my items except for certain commercial equipment or items that are really one of only a few on eBay. There, did I cover that one? Okay, very good. Well, I'll now, Philip say does my... exactly yeah, different than me. I, the Go opposite ahead. as usual. <laughs> Uh, well, I think the point is that I look at it and I look at the way the page is designed and the amount of page on eBay that's now populated by organic search results versus promoted is incredibly small and getting smaller by the day. Mm -hmm. um, so you're trying to sort of push all your sales through a rather small keyhole. And I think probably I regard promoted listings as just a necessary evil to some extent. So, yes, I use promoted listings, not having analyzed it particularly carefully, but I have an automatic campaign set up because I'm basically lazy, and that says just stick everything in a 2% campaign. Come hell or high waters, do that for everything. So it, it's very minimum. simple. That's the minimum. It used to be 1%. It's now 2%. And I kind of, to be honest, feel it's like just a 2% increase in fees for what you would have got before promoted listings came around for free. That's my attitude. Um, looking at how much stuff sells through that, it's about, I would say, 55% by, by item count or about 65% based on value of items. I'm being charged the 2% charge. Seems fairly high, but then again, I think that's a function of how the page layout is working against me on this. What I can't tell you, and the critical question is, would I have sold that stuff with 0% or is that 65 55% incremental sales? The answer is probably somewhere in between. Exactly how much, I don't know. Um, 
if I was willing to take a risk of losing lots of sales, I could do a test. I could go for three months and just put everything ending in an odd number with 0%, everything ending in an even number with 2%. And in three months' time, you know, do the calculation, see which one sold better. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty lazy and I haven't gone around to doing that, but that's in theory what I think you'd have to do and then really figure out what the incremental was. I, I guess I'm lucky in that my stuff is fairly high margin I can probably eat the 2%, um, but I'm not happy about it. So that's my answer. Yes, I do. 2%, not really thought through, uh, but it seems to work because I do sell stuff, but whether it's incremental, I don't know. Okay, should we go to question two? Yes. Okay, question two was, do you take returns? Why? And who pays? I do. I pay it's called free returns mm -hmm. on eBay. And that makes them qualify as a top rated seller plus listing, gotcha. which was my incentive for that. It also my incentive was that so that people didn't feel compelled to claim that it was not as described so that they could get free return shipping. So, and I do sell a lot of clothing um, and I do get a lot of returns, but not comparatively for the category that I'm selling in. Mm -hmm. And the reason is almost always just that it didn't fit. So I do that because they're going to want to return them anyway. I just think it's wrong mm -hmm. not to take returns. And when I sell items via freight, I do not offer free returns. <laughs> and they can return it if they pay the freight to return, to send it back. Mm -hmm. But of course, if there was something wrong with it, then in those cases, what I've done is given a partial refund based on information um, for the repair that they need to make. Do you think that buyers are that clued up on the paid returns that they don't then go through a full snad to get a free label? I mean, I do that for the same reason, but I'm not convinced that people are really paying that much attention. Maybe they're not, but let's say they know nothing about that. Oh, I see what you're saying. If they know nothing about that, then they won't know that they they've been get so trained the over the for. years to just say it didn't. It was it didn't arrive as described. That the fact that you've offered free returns, how many people go? Oh, yeah, the seller's being quite reasonable about this. I'll put change mind. It won't cause them a, a negative, you know, a defect or whatever, or a bad score. I get almost no, I get almost no not as described. Mm -hmm. They're almost always saying, didn't fit, just didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I, I do feel like it has made a difference in that area. Whereas I feel like in the past, when I didn't have that, I had more people claiming that something wasn't mm. as described. I think let's go over. We're doing the um, the returns thing. From my point yeah. of view, I I typically sell small numbers of big ticket items. By big ticket, I mean ideally my target sort of five hundred to twenty five hundred dollar um, selling price. So you know, buyer trust and confidence is a fairly key part of the marketing mix. So really, obviously, I should take returns, and offering free returns to me is a no brainer because. Since I did it, I didn't really notice an uptick in returns. So I don't think that the number of 
incremental remorse type returns I'm paying for is immeasurably small in reality. You're always going to get some, and I'm probably going to figure those aren't legit, but you can't do much about that. So really, the incremental number of returns is immeasurably small, plus I get the 10% fee discount across everything. So really, I make out, make out like a bandit on that deal because the incremental returns is it costs me far less than the uh, the 10% discount I get. So, um, yeah, I'm all in favor of doing that. Um, test it if you haven't tried it yourself. Maybe see if it works for you. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I found that to be pretty good. Okay, moving on to question three, just trying to get this thing finished in the next three hours. Um, do you ship to customers with zero feedback, and do you check the address in Google, and do you require a signature to avoid scammers? Well, this just shows that I'm fairly clueless on some things because I set – oh, I thought I had a setting on eBay. No, I never blocked people with zero feedback. Mm -hmm. I get too many – occasional buyers with zero feedback mm -hmm. so i do actually ship to them because even if it they have zero feedback if a, i ship it to the address on file through ebay ebay still guarantees mm -hmm. it okay that's all i have to say about that what about you um well the question was about customers so i'm assuming he means people who've paid and once someone with zero feedback has paid, they get oh, feedback. Post they they get they get feedback rights, and if you just cancel their order, you're jeopardizing an awful lot, frankly, about someone leaving some some choice choice words in the feedback section for you cancelling their order. So, and by the way, yeah. I don't think eBay is going to support you if you say I didn't like the look of their order. You know, that's not going to work. You're right. You'll get a defect if you cancel for a reason. And other it doesn't than take many of those for you to lose your top rated status, assuming that's important to you. So once they've paid, absolutely send it out. Don't mess around. Um, as you said, it's not your risk anyway. Once that you've got seller protection from eBay, if you ship it out to the address that you've been given, you're golden. I mean, if it turns out to be a scam, that's eBay's problem. So. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cancel an order or delay it. I wouldn't need to feel the need to check the address because um, that's eBay's problem. And um, getting a signature is really just adding to your cost and achieving nothing. Again, it's not your risk until it goes above seven hundred and fifty dollars. In which case, then that's more of a debate as to whether it's worth it or not. But below seven fifty, no, absolutely not. I would, uh, in a heartbeat, send out stuff to a zero, a zero feedback buyer. The only thing I'd, I'd modify that a little bit with is, let's say it's a pre-sale situation. So they haven't bought from you, but maybe you get a question, and the question is along the lines, excuse me, I don't know anything about this item. If I can't figure out how to make it work, will you, will you take a return? Now, from my point of view, that's not my target buyer. My target buyer is an industry professional who knows how to, what they're doing and knows exactly what they're buying. So I would... I wouldn't cancel the order, but I would very seriously consider putting them on a block bidder list just because that's not my target market. I'm not set up for that. My pricing doesn't include that level of handholding and support and mollycoddling and stuff. So, yeah, that would be the way I would handle that. Um, so that's my thought on that. But bear in mind, if you end up getting serious about selling on eBay, one of the directions of travel would be to start your own web store and then everybody's a zero feedback bidder as far as you're concerned. So, you know, you might as well get used to the idea uh, because in the real world, that's most of your business. So um, at that point, yes, if it's a really expensive item, I will quite often take a Google, Google and see what's going on with that address. 
if it's a double wide in a in a park somewhere with you know armed response, watch out for the dog, all that sort of stuff across all the windows. I'm probably going to be a little bit more circumspect than if it's a million dollar house somewhere in a nice neighbourhood with a big you know metal motorised gate in front of it or something. You know, so it, yeah, if it's my risk, I, I do more research. But that's not an eBay question. That's for eBay, it's their risk, so don't worry about it. Nice. Very good. Have we got time to talk about cyber stalking? I know we're on a bit of a time crunch, so we've <laughs> talked a lot well, so far. I think we have like four minutes. So the eBay live auction, let's talk about that next yes, time. And we'll, and we'll, yes, let's park that one for now. Um, what else we got here? Yes, cyber stalking. Uh, I'll do the, let's do the criminal case and we'll talk about the civil case next time because hopefully we'll have a little bit more of a, a result from the judge on that one. So on the criminal side of things, we have two more uh, sentences. These look like the sort of the working level people. Stephanie Pop, senior manager of Global Intelligence. She gets herself uh, a year in a jumpsuit and two years of probation. And Stephanie Stockwell, she was the manager of eBay's Global Intelligence Center, whatever that means. She gets a couple of years of probation with probation with one year to be served in home confinement, which strikes me as quite light. I guess mm -hmm. the court take it, took into account they were just following orders like everybody in this whole pyramid seemed to be saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we already did home confinement during COVID, so people are. I, I mean, used their to careers that. are obviously in a pretty bad state, and I'm sure they've got yeah. no money because they've had to spend whatever money they did have saved up on expensive lawyers, and they'll be paying that off for a while. I'm sure they're personally bankrupt and everything else. So there's there's a there's no winners at this thing, but I, you know, it does seem they do seem to be taking into account at least uh, the fact that. Not everybody was equally culpable in this thing, and there were people that, frankly, did not want to be there, particularly, and were just doing as they were told, and were told this is what it takes to succeed without your career, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think the course has obviously taken that into consideration. So, that's interesting, and um, uh, we'll talk about the uh, the civil case, which is kind of hitting an interesting point in the scheme of things. Uh, maybe next time. Uh, I think the Steiners are, in my view, struggling a little bit with their case, uh, but we'll get into the ins and outs of that next time. Uh, also, while we're here, let's talk about that uh, meeting that's uh, coming up on the uh, 16th. So that's 16th of November, that's the uh, next seller meetup. Not seller meetup, the uh, next uh, seller check-in. What am I talking about? Uh, if you want to go to that and see Mr. What's his name, Adam Ireland, uh, then he'll be there and you can get tickets to that for no charge at uh, sellerevents.ebay.com. That's sellerevents.ebay.com. And that's uh, Wednesday, I think, the 16th. Is that right? Yes. And there'll be a networking uh, session, I believe, at the end of the meeting. Are you involved in that? No. Are you? I think I volunteered to do one on photography. I haven't oh, heard nice. back. So uh, there we so go. So you get a yes sometimes. We'll see. We'll see. It's gone very quiet as usual. <laughs> And, uh, I might even do another Orlando area happy hour meetup in the future. I haven't quite decided on that. I hear doggy noises, which means it's time to go. So it's Philip Jackson saying, thank you. See you next time. And thanks for joining Is us. Is that goodbye? <laughs> That's goodbye. Thank good, you. Goodbye from the imagery. All right. Very good. Bye.